Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bloom Fireside. We are really excited this week to have the team behind Sendput uh, on the show. Sendput is a project that was started at Ethereum San Francisco back in the fall of 2018. Uh, this team actually took home one of Bloom's sponsored prizes from Ethereum San Francisco. And I'm really excited to see what they do with Sendput going forward. Uh, we talk about what Sendput is, why they started it, how it was to work with the Bloom protocol, and thankfully it was really easy for them, but they'll talk a little bit more about that. And, uh, and generally, I'm really excited about uh, what they do with Sendput going forward. So sit back, relax, take a listen, and have a great day. All right, uh, thanks for tuning in everyone. As I mentioned in the intro, we have Ellie Day and Leanne Thompson, both uh, the team members behind Sendput. Ellie, Leanne, thank you very much for joining us for Fireside. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good. Uh, so we're gonna get right into it. I will say that the Shannon uh, Wu from Bloom actually put up a, a really short but informative uh, blog post about Sendput and the, uh, what it was and, and how you, you two built it during ETH San Francisco. But uh, we wanted to have you on the show because you were actually one of the, the uh, bounty prize winners, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, good. So we wanted to have you on Fireside to chat a little bit more about that and a little bit more about you two and, uh, and you know, Sinput's uh, future, if it has one. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Leanne, why don't we start with you? What's your current professional role? Um, right now, uh, I'm doing mostly front-end work, um, part-time uh, contract work. So um, I'm doing that, but also job hunting and working on my own stuff. That's cool. I don't know what my title is. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we've all been there. That's okay. Uh, Ellie, what about you? Yeah, so um, I, my full-time day job, so to speak, is I'm a senior software engineer at Atlassian on the Trello ecosystem team. So oh, cool. um, I basically working on helping Trello build its platform. And um, um, on the side, I have a company called Colark that uh, is working to help make software more sustainable and helping teams build sustainable software through a variety of different offerings, including some open source stuff. So. That's terrific. Good. Uh, and I'm a big fan of, uh, of Trello. So that's, that's really cool to know that you, uh, that you work on, on the ecosystem there, as you mentioned. Um, Leanne, we'll go back to you prior to doing some of your, your part-time front-end work. And, and uh, I think you help out with, uh, with Colark as well. Uh, you know, what, what sort of other positions, uh, have you done? What, uh, which companies, if you can share that and, uh, and, and a little bit about your schooling too, please. Yeah. Um, so, I was working uh, at Square doing customer support there uh, last year and um, well, two years ago. And then uh, around the year mark, started wanting to learn how to code, uh, joined a technical boot camp for women and underrepresented groups. Um, so I learned JavaScript for six months and luckily was able to start working with Ellie uh, for Colark right after that. And then we um, were able to to the East San Francisco Hackathon. And um, yeah, since then, it's been just like basically a full year of uh, learning how to code. That's really cool. JavaScript is is actually heavily used in, in blockchain development. So uh, uh, JavaScript and 
various you know frameworks and uh, yeah. similar frameworks and that sort of thing so that's i think that's that's probably panned out really well for you um ellie what about uh, what about you past uh, jobs uh, prior to atlassian and uh, maybe college or university yeah so um prior to atlassian i worked at a company called Mavenlink. they're a project management sort of a mix between project management and financial management and resource management software um kind of you know the whole like integrated solution sort of competing with salesforce but uh smaller and um that was fun um and prior to that i worked for uh two and a half years at this i guess it's called like a startup nonprofit that um, went through Y Combinator, so that's like you know it's a startup, but it's a nonprofit, um, and they that helped uh, people get food stamps through easy to use and accessible web and SMS based screening technology. So that was oh, cool. something that I I really enjoyed, um, and uh, in general, like I think of my career as less like at one particular place. You know, it's more just like I I want to work on exciting things. So. That's sort of how I, how I spend my time outside of whatever my day job is doing, um, you know, blockchain things or open source. Um, yeah. Cool. Good. Uh, so uh, talking about Senput uh, and uh, uh, you know Ethereum San Francisco and all that. Can, in brief, what is Senput? Um, so it's a microloan service uh, that issues uh, small loans. Uh, we initially started. Um, making it for people that were interviewing in tech because usually um, tech companies will pay for them to fly out, um, but you will well, reimburse you for it, but it has to come out of pocket and then later you'll send like receipts and you'll get the money, but it just takes a while. And especially if you're a student or like just job hunting, that's kind of like a decent sized bill to split up front. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's where the idea started. Uh, it was very niche. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you? Yeah, and then. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say uh, the the part that I guess is one of the parts that un- is unique about it is um, it applies sort of. Um, there's in other industries there's this concept of uh, loans based on you know incoming accounts receivable basically, but there's not that concept for what we call it consumers. Um, you know, generally it's gonna be really expensive and really complicated to get a short-term loan for you know $1,000 or something, but um, there is a demand for that. And we found that if we're able to pair that demand um, with technologies such as Bloom or you know Dharma are essentially like the blockchain, the technologies that the blockchain mm-hmm. enables, there's, there's a, there's an, there, we, we felt there was an opportunity to operate at a more efficient scale will fill in like a market need. Okay, cool. Um, so Leanne, I think you just touched on this a little bit, but uh, do either of you have a story about this exact issue, you know, having to spend that money, uh, pretend, you know, potentially hundreds, maybe a couple thousand dollars ahead of time uh, that led you to want to build a Senput while you're at East San Francisco? Leanne, you mentioned, uh, you know, flying out and visiting I'm guessing, you know, companies like Google, Facebook, or, you know, maybe some startups as well, depending on, on where you live. Was that the main impetus for both of you? Or do you both, did you both have different experiences that led you to, uh, to, to want to build Senput? Um, I didn't have the actual, 
job interview use for it, but I definitely have been doing contract work for a really long time and um, getting like, like paychecks from that has definitely been like a pain point as far as like when you're working with like clients and stuff, it's um, like, you know, it's going to come in, but then you're not mm-hmm. necessarily like totally sure. And so um, it just seemed like a really good idea. And like, I know that I've had it in some capacity. And so I think Ellie's had more of the, um, like the travel and interview experience with it. That's yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, oftentimes you'll be interviewing with a company, like, let's just say, like I used to live in Chicago, um, but I was interviewing for companies in San Francisco mm-hmm. and, you know, sure they can do the over the phone screen, um, you know, just over the phone, you don't have to go into an office, but oftentimes they'll want you to come into the office for an onsite. And there were, there were times where they would, you know, be like, oh yeah, we can, we can cover your flight, but um, we'll need you to book it. And then, um, you know, we'll send it through our like process. Um, and that, that can, you know, some companies are really good about it. Maybe it'll have like a week turnaround, but you still have to make that, that purchase. Um, and it's one of those things where if you're dealing with bigger companies, like the, the logistical like hurdles they have to go through to just, you know, expense it and pay it out just can end up taking a lot of time. Sometimes you get a paper check, you know, so um, it can end up being a hassle. And uh, especially like Leanne mentioned earlier, when you're looking for jobs, you might not have a ton of income. So um, it can be really frustrating. So um, I think in general, um, you know, the company, generally it's nice if the company that has the or the person, the entity that has more money can foot the bill, but that's not always how it works. So um, I think that's like kind of where I personally felt that need is like taking this sort of low risk asset class, so to speak, and letting people get access to loans because of that low risk. And I can talk more later about why I think it's low risk, but. Um, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, Leanne actually brought something up uh, that's really important. Like, I've got uh, a friend who's a painter, works by himself, uh, you know, like painting walls, painting houses, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, he's had some situations recently where (laughs) he's had a really tough time, you know, getting money out of people he knows uh, just to get them to pay the bill. And um, uh, and so, you know, one of my old bosses at the digital agency I used to work at, you know, used to say, if you have a PO in hand for a million bucks, you can go to the bank and be like, yeah, I need a line of credit because I need to go hire some more people or, or, you know, buy some equipment, what have you, but I'm going to be able to pay the money back because, you know, I know this is, it's a government contract or something like that, where, you know, regardless, I've got a purchase order, this is going to happen. Um, so I could see, you know, maybe not for, you know, 500,000, a million dollars, but certainly for a small contractor who's just starting up, has their first gig, maybe it is with a business has that purchase order they could go to dharma and you know if somebody wanted a little bit of proof or what have you that you know that they are actually going to be able to pay the the loan maybe it's a little bigger Ta-da, you know you can do that you do have uh, and therefore as you mentioned it is a certainly a lower risk uh, asset class uh, if you want to look at it that way um i totally get that that's uh, you know it, it's not just you know flying back and forth it could be car repairs it could be uh you know footing the bill from a suit for some equipment for a new contract or what have you that's that's really cool yeah um, i think in general um it's all about unlocking uh loan i guess pools or just 
uh, potential loans that weren't previously, I guess, w worth like the time and effort of bigger companies. Um, mm -hmm. One one company that I think is doing a good job of that today with uh, with sort of non-traditional loans is a company called Affirm. Um, yep. They're based on purchases, so they're it's less about like I have this money incoming, I I need it now versus later. They they are tackling a lot of consumer um, purchases, essentially like a it's a one-time credit card basically. I mean, yep. they use their own proprietary modeling and everything, uh, and it lets more people get access to that. So um, there's definitely like people in you know credit 2.0, um, and you know I think when you when something like Sandput could leverage something like Bloom, that's when a lot of possibilities open up too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's also a Canadian equivalent that I think is not that old. Wayfair has partnered with them. It's also on Wayfair's site. Can't recall the name now, but if for any Canadians who are who are listening, go to Wayfair.ca. You'll see it on the right hand side there on like a six hundred thousand dollar purchase, whatever it'll you know pay gate or whatever it is. Um, nice. Anyway, so uh, so I know that you built Sendput using the Bloom protocol, Dharma's protocol, which is really cool, and of course some other libraries and packages. I think some things you've actually put together at Colark. Um, what part did the Bloom protocol play in in your tech stack there? What what was it doing for you? Yeah, so I would say in terms of overall importance, um, you know. Obviously, Dharma is really useful for actually administering the loans, but Bloom was critical to have an identity that um, it was really easy to integrate from, uh, I guess, a development perspective, which was surprising because a lot of these like blockchain tools are just like, you know, there's a really nice landing page and then it's like, okay, it's 10 hours later, I have nothing done. Um, and for Bloom, I think it was great for us because we didn't have to like manually integrate with like LinkedIn or Facebook or text. It was right. like an all-in-one solution where we could deal with one API provider, which was Bloom and uh, get those, those, that social proof that we were looking for. Um, and also it, it sort of had, a, it provided us with auth and identity. So that was kind of cool. Um, I think, you know, being able to just scan a QR code, was really nice in our use case um, and um, you know Dharma was really important for the loan based side of things but um, I think the the case to be made for Senput would be a lot less like valid if something like Bloom wasn't there because then we'd be having to build out that identity and get you know it's just like a lot more complexity that we would have to own but yeah. it's nice that we can rely on a provider like Bloom, um, and I think I've tried integrating with things like Uport, and there's other identity things as well. But um, you know, even last fall when it was still um, early on, it, I think like Bloom had a a lot of like good UX both for the developer side of things and the users. So good. That's that's really good to hear. I know <laughs> I've seen the the contract discussions with the attesters, you know, uh, uh, not that I'm dealing with them directly, but you know, chats of, about those between our team members in, in our private Slack and uh, and even the API related, you know, the, the integration that the developers are going through to 
on what you would think would be, you know, fairly mature APIs, still, you know, it, it's not easy. And certainly to build something in a weekend, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it just wouldn't have happened. So I, I'm, I'm really glad, uh, you know, we're able to to provide that to you. Last fall, it's gotten better since then, and uh, later this week depending on when this is published, <laughs> um, or maybe last week, um, we'll actually have a React-based uh, share kit uh, for embedding right in your site. So we're trying to make it easier and easier. And of course, there will be you know native um, iOS and, and Android um, objects, libraries, whatever you want to call them, or whatever the appropriate term is uh, to integrate into your apps as well. So that's good. Um, uh, could somebody explain, you know, like, I can imagine it, but you know, for for somebody who's still sitting there going like, okay, so I'm going to log in, I'm going to do this. What what do you foresee, or what did the process you know actually look like when you you were presenting this at East San Francisco? Like, how, how did that actually work? And, and you know, so how would I, somebody actually like access, uh, send put, log in, you know, apply for the loan? Essentially, what does that process look like? Uh, sure. So, um, also, I apologize for the background noise. I'm in a conference room and people are getting lunch out there. So, That's okay. um, it's a little bad. noisy. Um, cool. Um, yeah. So, we tried to make it as simple as possible. You know, people, if they have to jump through a lot of hoops, aren't going to want to, especially if it's a service that's like, you know, they're not already like signed up for. So, uh, the general flow is you would go to sendput.com or whatever domain and you would there'd be a button, it'd be like apply for a loan, you know, or, you know, there'd be some funnel to get to that point. And what happens then is it actually pops up a QR code. Mm -hmm. and that's the Bloom QR code. And it instructs you to scan the QR code with, um, with your, with your Bloom app on your phone. And from there, uh, what you're doing is that it creates the account process. And, um, the first use case, like Leanne mentioned was around, uh, sort of getting reimbursed for job-related searches, so a job search-related expenses. So uh, the way we, the interface we had for now, which was probably like the simplest, was um, when you scan, you'll we'll verify your identity. We won't like, you're not applying for a loan just then. Mm -hmm. What you'll do is you'll get an email, which will ask you to confirm your email. Um, but then from there, it instructs you that you can actually just forward expenses, um, either like PDFs or the email thing, the email thread, and that would um, it would then uh, ask you if you want to like submit that as a loan, and then uh, we would begin the underwriting process. Um, okay. And the underwriting process uh, is is you know I think the part that has like the most potential to like turn into something really you know advanced. Um, but to start, it's just essentially using the social um, connections that were linked to the Bloom pro, pro, uh, profile and then making decisions that, you know, this person forwarded an expense for like a, a flight for a job interview to Google. You know, mm -hmm. we look at their LinkedIn, we see, is this person in the position to have that interview? Do they have, you know, verified, you know, are they, do they have recommendations on LinkedIn saying they worked here and there? Um, you know, that's just like a simple case mm -hmm. um, to start because, you know, it was only, you know, that weekend and then, you know, it's early on, you know, the volume would be low enough where you could do that manual underwriting. Sure. Um, and then from there, the loan request was actually, um, was 
sent to Dharma to be uh, filled, and then um, someone would presumably fill it, the uh, end user would get a payout, and then like the contract would go through there. Um, there are some variations in terms of who holds the loan, and you know, how does the the person getting the loan, how do they get paid, how do they pay it back? And those are some discussions that we went back and forth on because mm -hmm. um, the simpler it is for the user, the better. Um, but the more closer to fiat currencies that you get, um, the more regulations and complications there are. And that's actually something that we've faced in terms of moving forward with this project. Mm -hmm. um, whenever you're dealing with things like loans and payments, especially if it crosses into, you know, US dollars, for example, there's a lot of like boxes that you have to check to make sure you're doing things in a compliant fashion. But right. the simplest use case is um, things would never leave um, the Ethereum ecosystem. If someone, someone could get paid out in Ether and uh, cash it out to their Coinbase if they need to get the cash. Um, but eventually we'd want to make it so the end user doesn't even need to know or care about that it's on the blockchain, merely that the that input is powered by that. And that's what enables um, a lot of like the cost savings and effectiveness. Right. So, I mean, I'm not trying to pigeonhole you into anything now, but like, would that involve running your own Dharma relayer and therefore collecting the fees off of that uh, as an income? Or did you see that work in some, in another way? Yeah. So, um, Again, this is like, it could go multiple different ways, but one thing we realized is um, we could actually become a, a large, very large like offer of debt to like people on the Dharma um, network who are interested in filling, because there's a lot of people with, you know, a lot of crypto that are looking for good uh, debt to take on and then get repaid. Um, the quality of that debt is like oftentimes questionable. And also like if it if it's less risky, it often needs to be like secured by other assets. So we realized that we could, instead of like, you know, creditor A or B taking a loan from, you know, Leanne or something or me, we could have the loans be originated uh, like between a contract from Sendput and all the different creditors. So then Sendfoot would develop a really like good credit score. And uh, we would we would assume the risk, but um, we would basically, it'd be diversified a, a, across, you know, lots of different micro loans. Um, and then we, we would trust in our model. So that's one thing that like I talked about, the end user might not need to even do the, the transactions on the blockchain to use something mm -hmm. like Dharma. But um, yeah, I think that's like eventually what would happen. But from a simplicity perspective in terms of you could offer the loans like individually. Okay, uh, we'll come back to that. You're talking a bit a little about the, you know, what the future of Senpud might look like, but um, I wanna come back uh, a little bit. Um, actually you kind of already covered this. Is there anything else uh, you didn't mention about working with the Bloom protocol, integrating it? Uh, anything else that you, that you didn't mention you wanna talk about? you know, could even be, uh, you know, room for improvement. I know, I know the teams, you know, worked quite a bit uh, since last fall to, to make it even easier, but, you know, at the time, you know, what were the pros and cons? Uh, what areas for improvement did you identify? 
Yeah, I think it's always going to be uh, documentation is key, especially um, with stuff like this um, and with things that are rapidly changing and improving. I think as long as Bloom, and this goes for any provider, but <clears throat> as long as uh, Bloom is proactive about keeping its documentation that goes with its um, API up to date, I think that'll be really key. There were times during um, <clears throat> the integration period that some of the documentation wasn't clear and out of date. Um, and luckily we were able to, you know, work past that. But I think um, in general, I, I think a lot of platforms fail because they, they paint this really cool picture, but then it doesn't always match up with what you're given. And I think that's like, you know, it's hard and, you know, no company really gets it perfect. So I think that, that was my feedback. Um, what about you, Leanne? Um, I mean, it was my first hackathon, so uh, I thought it was it was really like for also how um, like new I am to like coding in general. Like I thought it was pretty easy to use, um, so I definitely like really appreciated that um, that like it, we were able to get it up and like using it within like I think it was like a couple hours. And when we talked to the team, they said it would probably take around like four to five. So that was really impressive. I thought. Um, and the, the UI for it was just like really nice too. Like really nice to just go on the site, pleasant to look at. <laughs> I, know, I know it's gotten better since then, but you know, but I wanted to get a snapshot in time of, of what it was like, I think it was October. Yeah, it was um, October. Yeah, I think yeah. just around like, um, you know, what's the expected response payload, you know, like, you know, are you gonna get things in this format or that? Um, that that was like a bit confusing. We had to do a bit of weirdness with parsing the, the JSON body yeah. and everything. Um, but, you know, this space is early. Um, I think, you know, even since then, Bloom's added more like parts of its protocol. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think as long as it can keep up with accessing that stuff, I think that'll, that'll be key. Um, but overall, it was definitely easier than I've used like Uport, like I said, and um, some other identity things. And it's definitely like simpler. Um, I think from the app side, that was probably like the biggest, um, the biggest reason I think Bloom is important. You know, like I think as developers, you kind of have to deal with the, um, you know, whatever providers like API, it's never going to be perfect. But I think like the end consumer app was experience was really good. Um, so. I think that's like why I, I was like interested in Bloom in the first place, um, just because I think if you can nail that, then that'll get like sort of the regular people to use it. So the regular people, uh, yeah, I, people who yeah, are like, the normies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the non-early yeah. crypto adopters. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and I, and, I, and I know the developers will be happy to hear that uh, that it was pretty much as designed. I, I know that there were some issues with the JSON response, and I'm pretty sure that actually got all solved that weekend or shortly thereafter. So yeah, um, I'm pretty confident that's not an issue anymore. Um, uh, last question. Uh, do you have plans to, to take Sendput forward into a full product? You mentioned some of the uh, you know legal uh, issues, uh, but you know if you can overcome those, uh, does it is this something you you do want to bring to market as a as a full product yeah the, the short answer is yes the long answer is yes but um <laughs> basically uh like i alluded to earlier whenever you're launching things that you know is essentially 
whenever you sort of delve into the money services business type space, or at least like people would attempt to classify you as that, um, you need to be careful. Um, and that's sort of where we're at. We have the 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 basic implementation. Um, you know, we're both capable of doing the core product uh, development. You know, we have a designer. Um, we have the 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 know-how to do it. It's more um, from a technical perspective, but from a legal perspective, we don't want to invest all this time to only be told that, hey, you can't do that. So um, we've been in a holding pattern uh, until we can um, find, I guess, a simple path forward to doing that. Um, we've talked with some some various like blockchain-specific um, incubators and whatnot um, to see if they can offer assistance. But um, what we're really looking for is, um, can we build this tool and can we do it in a way that is you know, legally sound and, you know, mm -hmm. make it so we don't get in any, you know, trouble or like, so we don't have this great service that then a couple months later is like, hey, you can't do that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at with, with Senpot. We're looking forward to moving forward with that. I think um, with Colag, we're working on this Colag Labs idea where we launch um, uh, products in, SaaS, SaaS products or consumer facing products in uh, using emerging technologies um, and in emerging industries and this would be one of them um, but again it's just it's kind of tough so if anyone's listening to this and knows someone who could help us with that um, definitely please reach out please yeah no that'd be that'd be great I want to send put got not that you would have seen it, but internally got a huge response. Uh, you know, Jesse was giving us uh, uh, updates on and Alan and Shannon <laughs> yeah. about what was going on and with the projects that were being built. And I think on Saturday, um, or no, uh, I think it was right Sunday morning when they were like, "Hey, here's the ones we've picked for our bounties." Uh, people looked over Sendput. They were like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing! Like this should have existed years ago." And uh, even, you know, last year when when I had to buy myself a new expensive laptop and all that, it would have been great to have something like Senput around. Uh, you had actually mentioned earlier, you know, about unlocking, um, uh, you know, certain asset classes. And I thought this would actually be perfect for somebody who, um, you know, is younger, uh, maybe went to Stanford or, you know, kind of has that pedigree of probably going to end up in Silicon Valley making God knows how much, 150,000 a year or something like that, you know, pretty much straight out of school, but, you know, needs a little bit of startup capital, personal startup capital to put down first and last rent and, uh, uh, you know, buy some furniture and all that. If they had, you know, a, a job offer letter as that collateral, um, you know, that's something that, that you know, may, again, maybe only Senput sees it, but says, well, pfft, pretty low, you know, low risk, even after their first, you know, even after, um, I don't know how long the probation periods are for a lot of those companies, but, you know, presuming it's still you know, standard three months, within that three months, they would have enough to to pay all pay this all off because it's, you know, a five or $10,000 loan. So even for people coming straight out of school and need that leg up to, to move to that first job, especially if it's lucrative, um, or, or somebody you know down on their luck, but is going to go back to school maybe or something like that. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential here. So I really hope you're able to to figure out the legal stuff and uh, and take it forward. Yeah, thanks. That's that's a great like example and summary of where I think this could head. 
Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's, you know, multiple companies that are, and I guess different types of debt that are being pioneered. Um, you know, there's in the bootcamp space, Cody bootcamp space, there's income share agreements that, you know, are giving people access to something like a coding bootcamp without having mm -hmm. to, it's not based on credit, it's based on, you know, potential and, and assessment of skills. I think um, the, the companies that can capitalize on more than just a credit score are gonna, you know, really, I think, you know, become uh, big deals. I think the missing piece is like, not everyone, not every company that does this should or wants to build their own credit you know, identity system, you know, obviously they input data and they can get data out to build their, their models of credit worthiness. Mm -hmm. But I think like maintaining that infrastructure up until this point has been only available to you know, venture backed companies or, or existing legacy players. So that's why, you know, products like Bloom are exciting. Um, I just think there's still sort of a missing gap of like compliance and legal that I think, um, still needs to be filled and maybe there are solutions out there but um yeah well, maybe there are or maybe one comes up uh you know in the next quarter or so and it'll help propel send put forward Good. is there anything else you you want to add uh, before we uh finish our time here i don't think so no Leanne? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. All right, well, uh, thanks so much for taking some time out of your day. Uh, Leanne, I know it's pretty early for you. Ellie, you were in the same time zone, so I'm going to let you go have some lunch. And um, yeah, thanks so much for, for being on Fireside. And I hope to see sendput.com or .io or whatever you decide to, to, to buy and move forward with uh, out in the wild, hopefully later this year. Yeah, cool. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. No problem. Yeah, thank you. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, you'll hear another episode of Bloom Fireside soon.